We're live, Deborah. We're live. <laughs> How are you doing today? Great. <laughs> Welcome to Women Investor Wednesday. We've been doing this now for, I think, um, since December, I think. And I yeah. this is leading up to our big event, which is one week from today. Yay. It's finally here. I'm so excited, which is the Commercial Real Estate Women's Investment Summit. And you're going to be one of our speakers on the lender panel. Yes. So, so we'll tell the audience that, so this is Deborah Mayers based in Orlando, and she works with Fairwinds Credit Union. And we were just talking offline. And I said, yeah, so credit unions are kind of an alternative lender. And Tell the audience what you just told me because it is, and, and then you can tell them a little bit about your background because it right. all comes into play. It's really not that alternative. It's really not all that different from a community bank. And to back it up, my my background is many years with SunTrust, so with one of the large banks over 25 years. Then I was with a community bank, larger community bank for like five, and now I'm over here. The credit union, some yes, some no, like my group brought in people like myself with the experience and with the training from some of the big banks to add some some meat to what they're doing. So, I mean, I underwrite the same as I always have. Our, I would say with a credit union, um, we don't have the ability to just go to the Fed like the big banks do we have our own tech thing and with that in mind we don't have some of the, the stop gates in the back so our loans tend to be a little less risk and in return our rates tend to be a little bit better because everything is risk in return so we take a little less risk we get a little less return than some of the other banks gotcha so our all of our lives, including yours, has been a little topsy-turvy in the last four months, right? Yes. So um, I just called one of my lenders that I have two loans with uh, in mm -hmm. South Florida on retail deals. And I said, are you seeing any defaults? <laughs> he goes, no, we're not seeing any defaults. I said, are you seeing any new loan? He said, very oh. so I'm actually seeing a ton of new loans. I have more to work on now than I ever have. We're in a good position. We aren't feeling like we have to pull back. The credit union I'm with has particularly, it's, it's an older one, very, very well established, especially in Central Florida. We bought a three or four branch community longstanding bank last year. We bought a smaller community bank the year before that. So we bought two small community banks and merged them into us and their people. Um, and we have a lot of deposits because of the kind of base we have. So my rates aren't quite as bad as some of the banks have had to go to. And we have not been asked to turn off. So and, am I hearing a dog in the area? Yes. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I, I love dogs. What kind of dog? An Australian Shepherd. Oh, my God. That's crazy. So if any noise happens outside, you will hear barking. No problem. But if I lock her out of the room, she'll sit outside the door and bark. We we love dogs on this show on Women Investor Wednesday. We're we're big dog lovers. Uh, okay, so they end up see. Hey, look, I'm in the show. Boy <laughs> or girl? 
girl. And of course, I just got home from work. So she's like, excuse me, this is my time. Exactly. And what's her name? Sophie. Sophie. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Do you well, see me do this? It's the dog. Okay. We will be very happy to have Sophie be the co-host. So, <laughs> so I am very naive about credit unions. I've never mm -hmm. put it. I was too. Right. Never put a deposit with a credit union. Certainly have never gone to a credit union for a loan. So it, so I am just going to ask you some naive questions because I know the audience. Is going to you don't have to be. So are certain who are the members of the credit union? Because like I know sometimes credit unions like there's a public. There's, there's a yeah, there's limited and not every credit union is making commercial real estate loans. Some are making them, in my opinion, as they shouldn't. But, you know, that's just my opinion. Um, ours had started off part of the Navy base in Orlando, Florida. That's 45 years ago. My credit union's over 45 years old. And when the Navy base left, it um, they just kept it up and going and, and opened it up. But that's kind of its its background. You have to be a member of the credit union. It's we can come up with pretty much any excuse to make you a member. You do have to have this thing called a member share. So you have to have this five dollars you put in an account. And you go from there. The the rules have changed in the five years that I've five, five and a half years that I've been there. It used to be you went to UCF, you were part of our soccer group, you lived in the area, but I don't think we have any too many of those rules anymore. So even that has lightened up as the credit unions have really moved into the um, community banking world. Now, here's a big credit union thing. Credit unions are all non not for profit. Doesn't mean I don't get paid for profit <laughs> and incentivize the same as if I was with a community bank. But that's used to be one of the reasons rates were a little bit better because they and some bankers will complain they don't pay taxes because they never really distribute the money the money and that also is why we have a little bit bigger pool we don't do we pay our people a competitive rate actually i'd say like our tellers and stuff a little bit better because we can the employees the one thing but none of us own stock so there's no getting stock incentives or you know Got the it. ability to buy some of those kind of things you do with a, a corporation but besides that most of the people i work with came from either large community or commercial you know large national banks and we brought that experience with us and we just never get stock options <laughs> So, so I can become a member of the credit union. I had no idea there was a Navy base 45 years ago. In oh, Orlando. in Orlando, there was a big, there was actually a Navy base in Orlando 15 years ago. It was the nuclear training school was in Orlando forever. It's now a neighborhood called Baldwin Park. Oh, I know that. So if you know Baldwin Park, that's the old Navy base. Wow. Okay. So there so was a big school. I can I'm a member of the credit union. And then when I become a member of the credit union, then I can call you and say, Deborah, I want to buy a 30,000 square foot shopping center. It's $8 million. Can you finance a $8 million shopping center? I can. Yes, I can do. And 
we work really well with a couple other credit unions and organizations. If somebody has a 15 plus million or with my clients, if we, and the same with every community bank too, does this, you know, there's only so many, so much you want to lend to any one borrower. Now, am I doing $30 million multifamily? No, that that's not what I do. I like to stay in more the two to 10, 12 million range. Maybe push if I'm pushing the envelope because I've got two or three loans to the same borrower on different projects, that's better than one project that's 12 million for me. But I have one, my best client, I made my third loan to them. So I sold 40% of that to somebody else because I was getting top heavy with that. So when you sell someone else, does it then become like a package deal, like a CMBS loan when then there's no yeah. one all to solve my problems? Okay, good. Yeah. When I participate, um, when I when I sell a piece and it becomes, when I participate, I keep the management of it. Okay. So I collect all the paperwork. I just share it with my partner. But even when back in my centrist days, I worked on, this isn't, I'm not saying anything, but I worked on GL homes, huge. And every bank in Florida worked on GL homes and they knew all their people. They knew who to call. They, there was never CMBS ish. Okay. So, um, you're, so the average, the, the, per, the perfect deal that you say that you're in like the two to 12 million, which is fabulous for next Wednesday, because that's all my ladies, Though they're always bringing in a $50 million deal. Maybe I will, but, but most of the women in the audience, which right now, you know, my goal is to get to 200 and I think I'm at 188. So 200 women in the room, the majority of them are going to be looking in that, in that this range that you're talking about. So now let's talk about, so you're saying you're super busy. What, so can you give some sort of guidance on what type of rates are you doing and what are what's the uh, percentage of you know LTVs and all of that? Okay, that's a good question. Um, rates have gone way up. We're not quite as bad as some of the others, so I'm still in the sixes, um, mostly fixed. I haven't had to go to adjustable, which many have. Prime is super high right now, and I've even offered on a construction deal a prime minus because we don't have to be quite that high with the deposits we have. I never talk loan to value to begin with. Okay. And I'll, and I told two other, one person might be on the phone today, might be on this podcast listening. Every, in a commercial real estate deal, like we're talking in an income, when I'm financing an income producing property, even for my developers, which I do a lot of that are building, build a suit income producing to sell it. My primary source of repayment is the income that comes off that property. So the NOI is my primary source of repayment. Mm -hmm. So I like to start a conversation with what is the debt service coverage? Debt service coverage ratio is my Bible. Then it's my guarantors. Then it's my loan to value. Because my primary source of repayment is income coming off the property. My next is looking to my borrower slash guarantors. And the third and the worst case scenarios, I'm looking at the property and I'd have to sell it or take it or whatever. So that's my tertiary source of repayment. So on it goes. Yes, there's so, a max we'll go to, but. So debt service coverage ratio is what, what's the ranges with that? 
we like we like to have a good cushion so there's two ways of doing it we on average want to be 1.35 times i was just i was going to say i bet she's going to say one four i just had this feeling right because you used to always hear 1.25 times but then when rates were low the banks would have to give a buffer and it's just about i used to have to if a rate is six percent i had to also stress it to a seven which is pretty much the same as saying, let's be at a 1.35. If it's a credit tenant, if I'm lending on a Publix, lending on a corporate, I have one in my portfolio, so I'm thinking about it, a corporate-owned 7-Eleven, a corporate-owned Starbucks, I can do more like a 1.25, but on a more traditional, and with, and then I also have to have a vacancy factor in there. So your one four might not be so far off because if I did a 5% vacancy factor, it's pretty much the same as a one four. So how do you, um, where do you find your clients? Do mortgage brokers bring you clients or do people just call you off the street? Like literally <laughs> until about six months ago, I didn't even know that there were credit unions lending. And the only reason I found out was one of your fellow panelists who you if you haven't met yet you will meet her next week is Nikki Perez and she was helping one of the ladies from last year's summit work on a warehouse loan and she mm -hmm. said I'm working on a credit union loan deal for her and I went credit unions lend on commercial real estate <laughs> and I said and this is what I why I like these podcasts because you know, everyone goes, well, Beth, you know, you know, everything because you own. Nobody I, knows. everything. I, I don't know. every we, Right. No one knows everything. And I don't there's a lot I don't know. So, Well, I'm been around a while. <laughs> well, you're younger, than me, so you're younger than me, Deb. I'm experienced. OK, we'll use that word. So well, you, my favorite word is we're well healed. We'll see. We'll work on well healed. So. Uh, from my last job, I brought a lot of clients over <laughs> and really my best source of referrals are my clients. Well, you know, we refer I, to others. I found you from Brad. And it's because Brad was the broker on a deal. That's my best client that I brought over from my last job. Who's my best client ever. Brad had been the broker on a deal in Port, in Port Charlotte. And then my client was looking at a bigger deal in Altamont that Brad was the broker on. My friend's boss bought it instead of my client. So they went my giant loan. Um, so it's kind of funny. But at that, I'm like, Brad, why aren't we talking more? So there's a good example. I'm looking Brad, who's, you know, small little deals that he works on. But Brad works on deals, for the most part, way too big for me. Right. So it's like occasionally he's got a small enough deal. So there's a good example. I prospect like everybody else, but I don't, I'm not cold calling. That's not really mine. But believe me, I called Brad to ask questions on this deal that my clients and I'm, I'm very geeky numbers. Tell me all the details going on co-star doing all that. I love all the background analysis work. So, and I love construction because I like to, yeah, make everything too difficult for myself. So yeah. I was calling and asking Brad questions. And I'm like, Brad, we really should be talking. If you know if I can make XYZ happy, you probably have some other clients I can help. 
Yeah. So I called him and I told him what I was doing. So let's just back up for a second because not only I know you've heard this, but it's important because we've got new people, some names I don't recognize that are here today. And I want to just make sure that everyone understands what this mission is. So before I go into that, I want to ask you a question. You've been in this lending industry now, it looks like 30 years. (laughs) Yes. How many women that are not spouses or inherited, how many have you have you lent to someone like me that I did not inherit it and I don't have a husband that brought me in to sign on the guarantee? How many in 30 years? Uh, I don't, can't even quite come up with more than two or three. There was a female home builder back in those days. I have some spouses that are very, very, and the client I was just talking about, it's a husband and wife team and she's as good as he is. And, and I, I'm not, I, I, you know, but, all the power to them, but my point is, so, yeah. so I found this out about four or five years ago. Well, what happened was, is I had women coming up to me at these shopping center conferences saying, I want to do what you do. I want to do what you do. I'm like, okay. And um, well, why aren't you doing what I'm doing? You know, well, you know, and I would hear all of these reasons. I don't have enough money. I, it's too complicated. It's too risky, blah, blah, blah. So, um, I, I created an event. This was the year before COVID and no one signed up and I canceled the event and I'm like, okay, well, this is BS that you guys all want to do this. And I was, and I, and one of the women that signed up, we had like five people that signed up. And I'm getting ready to sign a contract for thousands of dollars. And I'm like, I am not going to do this. for. I love five, those five women, but we can go have coffee, right? So she said, you, you know, so I, she, she called me. She goes, I'm so disappointed you canceled. You know, you, we need to do it again. I said, I'm not going to do it again. They're, even though they say they want to do it, they don't want to do it. So then um, COVID happened. And I said, you know what? I can do a virtual event that I don't have to sign a multi-thousands dollars of, co- of contract for hotels and, you know, all that stuff that goes on when you put on an event. And we had a hundred women sign up. And so before that I started, so I start, what I, I started doing some research and I found out that of all the investors in the United States that invest in commercial real estate, 3% are women and 50% of that 3% are spouses and, and family. So that means there's 1.5% of people like me and my friend Karen Hutton, who is here, um, 1.5%. So now I'm, now I am, I think that's deplorable and I am now livid. So, be, be, so I have this group that says they want to learn, but now I've learned that that there aren't any of us doing it. So now I'm hell bent on putting together this thing. So I do a virtual event. We have a hundred women and I'm, I'm surveying them in advance. And I'm like, really, why aren't you doing it? What it, you know, cause it's, it's really not about money. Cause there's plenty of money. I'll, if you find a deal, I, I can get you the money. So then, and then they're like, well, it's complicated. And I'm like, well, the stock market's comp where I said, are you investing at all? Yes. Well, where are you investing in the stock market? I said, you, you don't think that's complicated? And and then I said, and, and it's risky. And I said, well, yeah, my Netflix stock went down 80%. That's risky. So what I found out, it's fear. But more important than fear is they didn't see, and, and this makes sense since there's only 1.5% of us, they didn't see other women doing it. And there's this saying, if you see it, you can be it. And I'm like, and the light bulb went off in my head. I'm like, oh my gosh. 
So every time I find a woman that's investing in commercial real estate, you have to speak at my conference. Like, I, you know, now I'm, this will be the third one because so last year, so we did the virtual one. And then last year we did it live and in person. We had 107 women. And um, one of the women I had invested in two multifamily deals with her. And she was talking about her multifamily deals. And within three months, she I was pushing her to go bigger because she was doing six unit, nine unit, six unit, nine unit. And I said, you need to go bigger, 30 units. So she found a 30 unit. And eight of the women in the audience from the conference invested with us. And and was an all woman investment group. And and, and it's and it's okay. They're little investments. It's it, the deal's not that expensive. But everyone, but there's all of a sudden now of the 107 women from last year, I think 40 or 38 have now dipped their toe in the water and became an LP. Cause that's the great way to start. Be an LP in someone else's deal and watch how they go to Deborah and get a loan and watch how they distribute the capital and watch, right? So um, so I'm super excited. I, I hope I reached my goal of 200 for next Wednesday. But but um, but I wanted to ask you because last year we had a lender panel. We had Mary Scott from Principal Mutual Life. I had a, an underwriter from CBRE and I had someone else. Oh, I had um, a woman from a community bank in Miami. And I asked the three of them the same question. And Mary Scott, she said, I've been in this business for 40 years. I can't. I, I can only think of one person. And she goes, and Beth, you know, I didn't even do a deal with you, but we tried to do a deal. And the community banker said less than five women, and she had been in the business for 40 years. So we have to change this. And, and you said, well, I don't really cold call. Next Wednesday, you're going to have 188 women. Those are warm calls. Those are not cold calls. Yeah, it's going to be a great networking opportunity for you because they're all going to... I believe that 80% of them are going to be doing something. They're going to be taking action. You and I wanted to bring something up since you said that. This is a perfect segue when you talk about limited partners, general partners. Somebody had asked me this question today. She might be listening. And if she is, she'll, she can laugh. One thing to also understand is how we look at owners and guarantors. And I still look at it the same way I looked at it in my other organizations. So Anybody with, I like to say over 19% because it's easier than saying less than 20. <laughs> it's like anybody who owns over 19% needs to personally guarantee on most loans. And that's always a sticking point. And there's, mm -hmm. and it gets a little bit more complicated. We don't want, we've seen a little bit of this lately where they try to get really tricky. Saw a deal I hated. Um, another lender was looking at and I, they come to me and I'm like, you're not doing that deal. Where they'll be like, somebody only owns 10% and they charge the group a fee to guarantee. And they're like, oh, we guarantee. Well, you have no strength and no skin in the game. Right. So no, I don't want two people. And I don't want two people to own 25% each and 50% to be 10 little 5% owners, 10% owners, and these two, I do want the bulk of the ownership. So you could have two people that maybe owned 40% each, and then they bring in 20 or 25, you know, come up with the math, limited partners. Right. But I want my guarantors to 
have skin in the game. It doesn't, it's not a piece of paper. It means a lot. Right. And loan, loan to cost means a lot because what's happened, and I've now worked through multiple real estate cycles. I started, I started my banking career and we hit the early 90s crash. So, I mean, I started, my first loans I made were CD secured loans. <laughs> then I worked for SunTrust with, with builders through the horrible last crash we went through. I mean, so I had a big old red, you know, bullseye on our back, wrote memos out the wazoo to every Fed agency. Um, it really didn't come down to anything but how much cash somebody had in a deal. They have enough cash in the deal. They're going to do anything to keep it. For sure. No different, really. It's it's no different than I do with lease, tenant and lease. Like we want guarantees mean guarantees. Oh, and on that, and on that token, my favorite loan to make would be a ground lease because my tenant has more money in it than right. my owner and me. And then I like a deal where a tenant does their own tenant. Improve. Like I want stickiness. Everything is about stickiness. So if you've got some, I'm going to use an example to credit tenant. I'm not picking on it, but let's say it's a Starbucks and you get to charge them $55 a foot because you've done their million dollar build out. And we all know TI means nothing to the next tenant. The building right. may mean nothing to the next tenant. Right. Um, and they only sign a 10 year lease. And everything, I always have to second generation everything if it's only a 10-year lease. I'm like, nobody else is going to pay $55 a foot for that space. So then you've got to look at second generation, location, strength of guarantor. No, Starbucks doesn't give up that many of their drug through locations, but you can't count on that. Right, right. So again, it's, it's stickiness. If you give me a ground lease where if they leave, they leave their a while while they're all ground leases, you know, they leave $2 million worth of improvements. They're not going to just get up and leave when the lease is over. Sure. And the other thing people should understand when they bring deals to me is tenant options. Yeah. Renewal options are only in favor of the tenant, not the owner. Right. You like all my geeky say, I told you I'm really geeky. I, I'm with you on all, I, I don't like to give options in leases. So so you've been talking a lot about retail, probably because you know this is that's my thing. But do you do? Oh, no, I do more retail. That's just what I do a lot. Okay. Do you do multifamily? Here's the deal. Would I do multifamily? Yes. Have I had an opportunity at under ten million to do multifamily? Yes. Older, older garden style. Right. Love to do. That's and what, I, that's what yeah. my my partner Natasha Falcone, who spoke last year, who was the one that you know eight people invested with her. And she's a former banker, CPA, like you're going to meet her. She's, she's a rock star. Um, do you do, have you done industrial? Yes. So what's but not, what's the hottest asset class you're seeing in the, since the craziness in the last four to six months? It was, I mean, as we all know, the industrial was so hot that we couldn't touch it. It was over $20 million on all of them. Um, yeah, retail's the ground lease, that kind of drive-through food, that, that's been really big. And that fits our size very well. Right. Um, Are you seeing a lot of development deals? Because in South Florida, we're pretty much 
done with development, I think, t t for the next three to five years. We won't, we won't see a lot of it. Um, we still have little things, a little bit more out, but um, Taco Bell's, Wendy, you know, that stuff. Yeah. Done. I'm going to say I've done this, but we're about to cap out at self-storage. Someone just asked, well, someone said, do you handle industrial outside of storage? So if it was cheap enough, you could, you, you can't. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I don't, I can't do pure speculative. And everybody that that's, and there's a little worry with industrial that it's been so hot for so long. And the price of building it has gotten so ridiculous. Yeah. That. Um, that's why we're not doing any, that's why there's going to be very limited development in South Florida because A, the costs to develop and B, the rates. So we're, you know, which is for those of us that own shopping centers, the, the rental rates are going up. Scott, you know, I just did a renewal yesterday and a guy was at 39 and he's paying 55. Yeah, you're South Florida. We're not there yet. But I can lend anywhere in Florida and I can lend a little bit outside the state depending on what it is. I just have to understand what I'm lending to. So here's a question. Deborah, hi. This is probably the person you spoke to today. <laughs> it, it just says LinkedIn user, so I don't even know who it is. Is Global DSCR Covenant a standard cohesive yes. stip stipulation in documents amongst all credit unions? And is it non-negotiable? I don't even understand what that means, but I'm sure you do. <laughs> um, it's not unstandard. I don't have a global in mine, but I look at it. So I've already underwrote it ahead of time. And what they're asking is, you've got a portfolio of 10 properties. My property might be doing fine. But if your overall portfolio isn't, that can drag you down. So we always, we do look at global and we do worry and we do want to know how all of your properties are doing. And if there's a, yeah, if I'm doing a little $3 million loan, but you've got some 10 and 15s over there, you better believe every year I want to know how they're doing. Okay. No, it is not something that has to be, it is negotiable, but it may not be with that organization. Um, but I do care about it and I do look at it and I can tell you with my best clients, a lot of information about their other properties. Now, if they've moved things onto the CMBS world, then I just care if it's, if they're depending on the income because they can't come after them in the CMBS world. Right. Okay. Uh, that was Nikki, by the way, she goes, that was me, Nikki. So you'll okay. So that wasn't here. Yeah. <laughs> You're on her panel with what you'll be on. Nikki's going to be on your panel. So, yeah. um, do you, so uh, do you compete against, if someone comes to you for a loan, are they going to other credit unions or do you, are they going to community banks? Both. Both. There's yeah. only a handful of credit unions that selfishly have people like me. Some of them say they're doing the loans, but they can never get them done because if you don't have a good loan officer that can advocate for you and yours, you know, if you can get somebody, I I like real estate. I've always, I've been in real estate for a very long time because it's not a pure Hunter Skinner kind of a loan, which so many of the community banks have gone to. If I had to totally rely on just my underwriting team, what do you, like, I like to tee it up. I like to have it pretty much underwritten before I give it to my underwriters. So they're not finding everything that's wrong with it. If you know what I mean, I, I, I brought that to their attention and I've mitigated my risks 
before I put it into underwriting. Got it. Do you, um, what, how long does it take to get a loan done with a credit union since you just brought up the timing? Um, it's about the same. You know, it depends on our backlog. Right now we're super busy. But I'm trying to get a deal that I'm putting in. I've done a similar deal. I know all the players, but I'm ordering the appraisal tomorrow and trying to close this month. Can I normally do that? No. It's because it's a same tenant and a repeat business and it's a couple of them, but half, minimum of two weeks. But that I can't imagine you can go to anybody else and they're going to say, I'm talking not to close, but to even give you an idea whether we can do it. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. And um, to close, don't bring me something in less than six weeks and probably two months because we all know what appraisals, surveys, and everything like that are like. So two weeks, let's say two to three weeks for an approval and six to eight weeks to close? Yeah, on a simple deal. If you have third-party... And if I had everything, everybody's tax return, everybody's everything. Okay. Um, so one of the biggest things that the women that you're going to meet in the audience, they're very afraid to call people like you. Not, not anything, just any lenders. And which is why I want to introduce them to women lenders mm -hmm. because women, hopefully women lenders are more accept, you know, accepting the phone calls. Right. And, and because the women are afraid to ask, like I didn't, any, when, when I read that question is a global DCR covenant, a stand, I didn't even know what she was talking about. Until you started explaining, I'm like, oh, she's going to look at my other deals in my DC. Like, then I got it. But, you know, and I have asked Nikki the most basic of questions. I've called her up and she's like, you're kidding me. You own $100 million worth of properties. You don't know what that means. And we laugh. And I go, I've heard the term a million times. Can you just please explain it to me? You don't think that the, we all talk in our own language, our own legalese. And I know that from being a banker for 100 years that I just rattle off words that mean nothing to you. And I promise you're going to say something that I'm going to go, oh, look up on my phone. What does that mean? Right. So, so what's your recommendation for women? So let's say you meet someone and they've, you know, they have a, a, a million dollar deal. It's, you know, in Daytona Beach and it's a freestanding Arby's. And they want to buy it. They can buy it for, you know, six fifty. And they've got, you know, two women and they're going to do it together. Um, but they're they're nervous about and they want to get a loan. Mm -hmm. I know we're not talking about LTVs, but let's say they're thinking 50 percent LTV. I know it's all about DSCR. But um, what's your recommendation for them to just get over their fear and pick up the phone and call a stranger that they've, you know, let's say they've never met you. They should look at the deal. They should assume that the banker looks at the deal similar to what the, how they looked at it and why. Now, if there's entrepreneurial profit to be made at the end, that doesn't help us. If it's because they're going to kick out Arby's and put in a Zaxby's, that doesn't help me. That adds risk to me. But if they're buying it because it's Arby's and there's 10 years, start with your NOI, the length of your lease, how secure, secure is this and if you you know you know your basic facts know your noi when you start and how 
how good is the lease? How long is it? And don't just come and say, and what's the longest term I can get? You know, know what you want. Talk to me what you want to do with it. Is this a retirement play? Is it because a lot of who buys these single standalone? Not me. I don't buy them. But a lot of people buy them to put, you know, I want eventually I want to get it paid off. You know, or I'm already retired. I've talked right. to a number of people retiring. I want to put 50% down. I want income. I want to pay it off. And then is my income change? You know, it's um, you talk IRR. I talk debt service coverage ratio. Um, so those, those are some good. Do you ever take calls from people? By the way, Dickie never did say that to me. I'm, I was just teasing and exaggerating to make a point. She would never I, say it was so helpful to me all the time. So Nikki never said, what do you mean you don't know that? She she would never. You're was, just thinking it in your own head. While yeah, you're I'm thinking that she's saying that, but she she never did say that. So um, what um, what if someone doesn't have a deal yet? Could they just call? I mean, I know you're super busy, but and, and this is why we have the conference, because I want you all to be telling the women on stage, these are the things you should, when you when you do find a deal, what you need to Fine. If before you call, so let's, them, these are yeah, the and let's go through a couple of things. You could, we do care about what your liquidity is and your ongoing cash flow outside of this. What if this project runs into problems? How strong are you as a guarantor? We care deeply about this. Um, somebody, and she can giggle if she's listening, told me, I don't know how much cash, I don't need to know all that, but like one comment she makes, she's like, Well, I owe my house free and clear. Well, I'm going to take that as a positive. You're somebody that doesn't get yourself overcommitted. You're somebody who's putting yourself in a safe position. So if your income changes and things like that, we do care about what you look like personally, because, you know, I don't, I want people to separate and understand that the mortgage you get on a house, which is the loan everybody's gotten in their, almost everybody's gotten at some point in their life. And the loans I make are different animals. Right. My loans have a three, five, seven, and 10 year balloon. There is no 30 year loan to value isn't how our decision is made. Um, all those kinds of things. Yeah. And then the DC, D, DSCR is someone was just asking, will you go to a one, two? No, she said earlier, it's like a one, three, five ish. Yeah. And I mean, maybe a one and right, not in today's market. Right. And that, I never really would go to that anyway. Um, maybe unless it's pure, pure credit tenant that I can see has bumps in their rent going up. Right. Okay. That would be, you know, long-term, that kind of thing. Um, I have, I don't mind working on what I'm going to call a value add project, which is probably the best, you know, those are where you can make the most money. Highest risk, highest return, in my mind, even more so than development. Because they're more work, really, than development. So let's say you have an opportunity to buy into a shopping center that maybe has some vacancy, that maybe hasn't made, been maintained correctly, that type of thing, where you see a lot of upside. I can't lend on the upside. But one thing you can, you should approach your bank a bit how you would approach investors. And you might say, this is how I'm going to turn it around, see what it appraises for. 
one option you can throw at a bank is then, well, let's say I put more down. If I get this stabilized, can I get a future advance and get, I put 50% down day one because that's all it cash flows. If I can do what I said and stabilize this, could I pull some of that out later? That's something else as you're looking at creative. And if you're bringing in extra equity investors, that's a good play on that. Awesome. Okay. What um, last one more piece of advice for the ladies that are coming and sitting in the audience next Wednesday, besides meeting you. <laughs> um, what's your long-term plan on this project? Uh, a lot of residential doesn't fit into our portfolio very well. So there are people out there that creating packages. I need to understand my leases. So I can't do like the warehouse of multiple residential properties. I can't work with, I'm buying this and putting on Airbnb. There's a lot of those kind of investments going on. I can't do that because it's not a steady income stream. I, my loans get a very small return. I like to say I make a 2% spread plus the fee. I'm not going to put a, I'm not going to have a lot of risk and a ton of brain damage every year to understand it. I'm supposed to see my collateral once a year. So a bunch of little collateral is, is really tough. What is, what are, what are the fees to do loans with you guys? Anywhere from a half to 1% depending fees go with rates and go with terms, longer term loan. We're promising our money for a longer period of time. We want a bigger fee. Okay. So the last question, and then we're going to, we're going to say sayonara until next Wednesday. If a sponsor doesn't have real estate owned, is a global DSTR on their personal balance sheet automatic? Okay. So it's their first investment. Probably. First investment. How do you, what's, what's your requirement on their personal balance sheet? I don't, I don't have, but I'm just going to, I don't have a requirement to give you, but if somebody looks like they're strapped, I don't think they should be buying into this to yes. invest because real estate is not a passive investment. Right. It's an active investment. It's not a stock. If this, you want to buy stock and that, and Netflix goes down, you just lose the money and walk away. Right. But if you margin your, your Netflix stock, you could become upside down on your margin. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, Deborah, I am so excited. This was fascinating. I learned more things, which I always oh, love. <laughs> I'm excited to see you in your hometown of Orlando seven, well, six days from now because mm -hmm. you'll be at the VIP dinner the night before. So we sold out the VIP in November. Yeah. And we have 27 women on the waiting list. I keep, they keep calling me. I'm like, and I, I did try to call the restaurant cause it's at the hotel cause to be convenient for everyone. And I said, can we just squeeze in like five more chairs when they're like, absolutely not. So I'll just next year, you know, maybe we'll do a, a cocktail or a coffee after it. Oh, that's a good idea. That does uh fair winds want to sponsor that <laughs> maybe next year. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so if anyone has not signed up for uh, the CRE Women's Investment Summit, there are no more discounts. We're six days and counting. Uh, 
uh, we have not, we're not breaking even at all. I want, I want to reach my goal of 200. So I hope you all sign up if you haven't signed up and uh, go to bethazor.com and you will find the registration link. And as of yesterday, the price went up to 497. We started Deborah at 297. How cheap is that to hear from, I think nine speakers in a keynote on overcoming fear. Pretty good, right? Right. It's not about making money. It's about having a mission to have women get that 3%. My goal is I'm 62. So my goal is by the time I'm 70 and I will start retiring and buying single tenant assets that you were talking about. Um, I want to get that number to 10%. So let's all do that together and we'll, and Deborah will lend us all the money. Okay. <laughs> tonight and say good night to Sophie and go spend time with her. Okay. You have a good night. Bye-bye. Thanks, everyone.